pretty much telling people to raise your hands. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be here this morning. Well, good morning. It's good to be here to worship the Lord together. Let's begin our worship. We're going to sing number 35 in your black chorus book. 35. What a day that will be. 35. What a day that will be. When Christ Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when Christ Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. Well, this morning, if you would, please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand, and answered for himself, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently, My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me 
from the beginning. If they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee, and now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise, stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Amen. Our Father, how we thank you, Lord, for just for bringing us here this morning to hear the gospel. Lord, help us not to take this lightly. There's many in this world that will never hear the gospel of Christ. Lord, you've, in your sovereign purpose and, and sovereignty, Lord, you've, you've passed them by. But Lord, we're thankful that you had mercy on us. And why you didn't pass us by, it's just because it pleased you to do so, Lord, to have mercy. That's all I can say. Now we thank you for that, Lord. That you didn't you didn't leave us to ourselves. 
that you don't leave us to ourselves, Lord. You continue to cross our path with the gospel, with with trials and difficulties, and cause us to look away from everything and, and to cry out to you once again for mercy. Thank you, Lord, for doing that, for your faithfulness and keeping us. Forgive us for our unfaithfulness, Lord, for our sinfulness, for for what we are. But how we thank you that you said in your word, I'm the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. That's our comfort. Christ is our only comfort. What you did, Lord. Your blood and, and your righteousness. Lord, help us to truly worship this morning. Worship our, our sovereign Savior at his feet. Clear our minds, Lord, and our hearts to the cares of this world. And cause us to concentrate upon you. Forgive us of our sins, Lord, we ask in Christ, Christ's blessed name. Amen. Now let's turn back in your um, forest books here. And let's sing, uh, I want to sing Worthy is the Lamb, number five, in your forest book. Worthy is the Lamb who shall forever reign. God in the highest worthy to merit all praise glory to the Lord of Lords glory to the and praise and honor to the King. We worship Thee with singing. Our lips shall utter Thy grace. With all and adoration at thy feet we take our place. Glory to the Lord of Lords. To the Lamb, power and majesty, and praise and honor to 
King. Power and majesty and praise and honor to the morning. Good to see you all. If you would, please open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts. We're going to be looking this morning there in Acts chapter 26, but notice what it says in verse 26. It says there, for the king knoweth of these things, and this is Paul speaking to this uh, temporal king, King Agrippa, for the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. This thing of Christ crucified, this thing of Christ dying instead of his people, this thing of Christ being raised from the dead was not done in a corner. Now, what Paul is saying here to this king was how that this thing was not done in a hidden way. It wasn't done hidden away in some corner. In effect, how that the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ was a public ministry. You see, it wasn't a secret ministry. Oh no, this is, this is a public ministry, and it was done openly before all men. Now, it is important to point out that the Lord Jesus Christ did speak privately to his disciples, but remember what he told them? He said, and this is recorded in Matthew, Our Lord said to his disciples, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. So we know that this thing wasn't done in a corner, nor was this thing done to be kept in a corner. Our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel to everyone. And remember how that his miracles were before hundreds and thousands of people. He fed them, and he cared for them. His teachings were well-documented, recorded, and preserved for us. Indeed, we have his words in our very hands this morning, the word of God. And his death was done in public and openly displayed before men. He wasn't crucified in a corner hidden out of sight, but rather he was crucified on Mount Calvary so all could see that he really died. And so we know, and King Agrippa knew that too, that this thing was done openly and publicly. And that's what Paul's saying to King Agrippa here. The crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, even his resurrection from the dead, is well, a well-documented fact. And that gospel fact was attested to by 500 brethren at one time and all the apostles, for he appeared to them at one time, and they witnessed the resurrected, glorified Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing these things to be true, the apostle Paul says to King Agrippa, you know these things to be so. Again, verse 26. He says to him, For King Agrippa, you knoweth these things, before whom I also speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, you know about Jesus Christ crucified. You know about his resurrection. And yet knowing these things to be true, 
and even acknowledging these things to be correct and factual, beloved, that does not mean that someone knows and believes the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Saul of Tarsus? <laughs> Saul of Tarsus knew the, those things to be, to be true, did he not? And at that time, as an unsaved religious man, Paul hated, the, the Saul of Tarsus rather, hated the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, until he met him on the road to Damascus. For the salvation that is of God is that salvation that's of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's by the revelation of his person unto our heart and soul. You see, beloved, saving faith has to do with trusting him for all of our salvation. I said this uh, Wednesday, I'll repeat it again this morning. Um, salvation is not found in doing, beloved. It's found in believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Saul of Tarsus, though he knew everything about Jesus of Nazareth, he knew his, of his crucifixion, he knew of his resurrection, he knew all those facts, and yet he didn't know the gospel. You see, saving faith has to do with us trusting him for all of our salvation, and this comes by the revelation of God. It's the revelation from above. That's what our Lord said. Did he not? Remember he saying that? He said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And our Heavenly Father has hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. And our Lord said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. My friend, you can be religious all your life, just like Saul of Tarsus. You remember, he said, from my youth I observed all these things in the law. But he said, I didn't know God. Paul was reflecting on that time when he was just Saul of Tarsus, that Pharisee of Pharisees. You see, Saul of Tarsus was a very religious man, born into religion. As it says in verse 4, Acts 26, verse 4, he says, My manner of life from my youth which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning. All the Jews knew me before. And if they would testify, they would say that after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Remember, Saul of Tarsus was in Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee of Pharisees. You see, he was a very zealous religious man, zealous of the tradition of his fathers, but he was a lost man. That is, until he met the Lord Jesus Christ and was given life and salvation in him. And he writes about it in Galatians chapter 5, or rather chapter 1. In Galatians chapter 1, he says there in verse 13, For ye have heard of my conversation. Again, Galatians 1 verse 13. Paul Speaking of the time when he was just a, a zealous, religious, unsaved man. Verse 13 of Galatians 1. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many mine equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me 
that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. You see, he was a zealous man. That is, uh, Saul of Tarsus was zealous of tradition, but he didn't know the truth, how that God saves sinners. He didn't know how it was that God could be just and justify a sinner like you and a sinner like me. And when God taught him the gospel, remember he said those things that were at one time gained to me, but then he says, there's no doubt about this. For now I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, just garbage, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And we read that in Philippians 3, verse 7 through to verse 9. And so you can be very religious and very zealous and yet know, know God and in, in saving mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be a Pharisee's Pharisee. You can be the Hebrew of Hebrews. I would add, you, you could be a free gracer and yet not know in saving mercy the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not know him. When I left to go to Mexico as a missionary, I went there trained up in false religion. I didn't know God and saving mercy until he sent me a gospel preacher to tell me the truth. And God the Holy Spirit revealed to me that Christ is all and in all. God and saving mercy taught me how his well-pleasing son is everything in my salvation. I was uh, thinking about our brother David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, and uh, it's a, it's a blessing to meditate on the Word of God. It's always multifaceted like a precious jewel, you know. <laughs> you can hold it up to the light. It's got all of these truths that just, this, it's not one truth versus another. It just reveals more and more and deeply what that is. And uh, you know, here's David, and he says, uh, Although my house be not so with God, and I've heard uh, men say this is speaking about maybe perhaps David is speaking about his tabernacle, his person. Yes, I do believe that David was saying, although I fall short of the glory of God. I have no doubt about that that is in the word. Maybe he's thinking about his record as king and the verses that preceded it. But he says something pretty remarkable there. He says, although my house and... Uh, I know of nobody else in my house, <laughs> and I'm speaking about the greater Murphy family, not Sandra or, you know, I have a hope for Sandra, I have a hope for Allison, but my greater house. <laughs> I don't know of anybody else that has articulated to me that they know that our covenant God has made an everlasting covenant with them. Nevertheless, this is our brother's joy and, and, and blessedness and gladness and, and uh, happiness. <laughs> he says, Although my house be not so with God, yet the Father hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure, for this is all my salvation, all my desire, although he make it not to grow. By God's grace, because God sent me a gospel preacher who preached the person and work of his son, that now by God's grace I can say with the Apostle Paul, I know whom I have believed, 
and, and, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Though I suffer for Christ's sake, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed of his words. You see, beloved, when, what you say, you believe, or what you believe, I think this is helpful. What you believe is determined by who you believe. And our Lord said in John chapter 17, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That's eternal life. And so though Saul of Tarsus was very religious, yet he was lost. That is, until he met the true and living God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And John writes about this in his first epistle this way. He says, And we know that the Son of God has come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and, and eternal life. You see, eternal life is seeing and knowing God, the Father, in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as Paul stands before King Agrippa, he tells him what he knows, how that God saved sinners through the Lord Jesus Christ, and how that the Lord saved him by the grace of God. And then he says in verse 29, He says, rather, uh, verse 9, excuse me. He says in verse 9, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I thought to do many things contrary to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, until I met him. And when I met him, he put me into the dust and taught me the gospel. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. And he says now, King Agrippa, because of God's grace, because of his son, because of his blood and righteousness, I'm a blessed man. I'm glad. And though I may be in chains before you, but I'm a happy man in Christ. Beloved, what a privilege God gave these men. Felix heard the Apostle Paul preach. Festus heard the Apostle Paul preach, and King Agrippa heard the, the gospel from the lips of this man, the Apostle Paul. And yet they turned and walked away. Remember what King Agrippa said to Paul, verse 28. It says there that he said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have more convenient season, I will call for thee. I'll call for you again later, another time, when it's more convenient. But he never did. Not in saving mercy. Not in saving grace. Beloved, what a privilege God has given us to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ from his servants. You think of the outstanding men that have stood behind this pulpit and declare the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just, just think of all the God-sent men he has sent to us in his good providence. What a privilege to hear from those faithful ambassadors declaring the gospel of God concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. What mercy, what, what grace. Some never hear one. And you think about all of the faithful men we've heard and how richly the, the, our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, has blessed us just indescribably rich. <laughs> We'd be here for quite a while if we had to recount all the names we've heard, wouldn't we? <laughs> and then we could speak particularly that 
that verse was blessed by God when that man opened his mouth and preached to him, preached to me, preached to you, <laughs> Jesus. And I think of about the time I was in Cancun and uh, our brother Elio, he was preaching from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. We're kept by the power of God through faith, my faith, no, the object of my faith, the faithfulness of the Lord, of, of God's Son, Jesus Christ, kept by the power of God through faith, and it's a ready salvation we read there. It's ready to be revealed. How come? Because he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the Alpha and Omega of all of our salvation. He's the captain of our salvation. But what a blessing we've had to think about all the preachers that have come to, to New Caney how greatly the Lord has blessed us to hear the word of God. And this is the means that God has ordained and chosen to call out his people through the preaching of the gospel. You know, I'm scanning a bunch of uh, uh, bosquejos. You know, they say that in Spanish, right, Clarissa? Bosquejos. Sketches, sermon outlines. And uh, I think there's got to be upwards of 100. I'm about halfway through them. They're in a binder. We're going to send them down to Joel. And they're from Walter and Gruber. And uh, I look at all the titles. <laughs> Christ, Lord. Uh, Christ, Jesus, uh, successful. I mean, it's always about him. And the only preaching we want to hear is Christ and him crucified. Is that not right? How come? Because that is the means that God has ordained to convict, to call, and comfort his people every time. I don't want to hear any other message that's other than Christ and him crucified. Now, later on, um, other, uh, I think a 19th century, I'm pretty sure it's so, a 19th century preacher from England, uh, he found another way to say the same thing, uh, substitution and satisfaction, right? <laughs> his blessed person and his finished saving work. And uh, what a wonderful testimony to look at my brother's titles of their messages they've preached down through the years. It's always about Christ and him crucified. And the title would always indicate in one way or another that that was the subject that they were going to preach on. Now, I don't know how much more time we can uh, pursue our study. I think um, we'll just look at a few more verses here, and, and uh, we'll, we'll pick up uh, on this same portion uh, next Next Sunday, Lord willing. What I'd like to do is show you this wonderful verse in First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-one. It says there in the latter part of that verse, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It doesn't say anything about debating or arguing. Or having a discussion, it says, plainly and simply, it pleased God by the foolishness of declaring Christ and him crucified, of declaring the, the efficacy of his sin-atoning blood and the sanctifying power of his righteousness, how that, that he is all of our sanctification. And it speaks about this right there in verse 30. Look what it says there. But of God are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom. Beloved, he's all our wisdom. And righteousness, he's all our righteousness. And sanctification, he's all 
our sanctification and redemption. He's all our redemption. You know, I look at that verse and I think about this one verse here in in uh, Hebrews. You turn there with me. And then after I read this verse, I'll ask uh, Gary to conclude our study in a word of prayer. But it says there in Hebrews chapter 7. I'm so glad we don't have an almost Savior. How about you? <laughs> we have a Savior who doesn't almost save us, rather uh, our Savior, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the Scriptures, He saves us to the uttermost. And we, we, I'll, I'll pick up reading there in verse 21. For those priests, those Old Testament priests, were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much more was by, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament, and they truly were many priests because they were not su- they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, the God man Jesus Christ, because he continueth ever, and uh, we heard uh, our brother pray uh, that quoting I, I believe it's uh, Malachi was it three six because uh, the Lord. I am the Lord thy God, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Because he continueth ever, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, beloved, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost. (laughs) Complete, pardon, full and complete, truly pardoned by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and made the righteousness that God will accept, and that's the righteousness of Christ. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, by the Lord Jesus Christ, seeing he ever liveth, to make intercession for them. If, if any man sin, when, when we sin, beloved, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Amen.
Amen. Amen.